Chapter Eighteen of From Sunrise Land Letters from Japan by Amy Carmichael. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine. Chapter Eighteen It Will Be a Seed. Christ the Son of God hath sent me through the midnight lands, mine the mighty ordination of the pierced hands. Mrs. Bevan matsya may third dear nurse evans has been seriously ill we think she got knocked up in the little hotel a very promiscuous description of which i told you there were symptoms of typhoid and she suffered much praise him the danger is over and we trust she will soon be well again this coming so soon after our journey together over the mountains has made us realize how narrow the boundary between the seen and the unseen a step and we have crossed it and entered straight another golden chamber of the kings larger than this we leave and lovelier ever since dear nurse came she has gone for weekly missionings to sakai the little port down the lake and much blessing has been given we thank him for giving her back to the work which so needs her may fifth with the please pray attached to each may i give you three pictures we are in our village once again the christians there are beginning to feel the stirrings of heart we long so much to see they are ready to carry the torch to some of the many places around which lie in the darkness still in the home mind sometimes there is a rose-coloured fallacy afloat that the moment a heathen is converted his first impulse is to tell everybody and win everybody straight off is it so with home conversions is it so with one in a hundred ten thousand miles geographical make less difference in things biographical than some of us are apt to imagine till we come and see human nature is much the same and the devil is just the same everywhere and so it comes to pass we rejoice exceedingly when our christians are on fire enough to be aggressive and praise god some are splendidly so at this particular moment we are bound for the village of which i told you where we held a little open air as we walk along by the riverside under wooded flower-decked hills we sing choruses with a happy abandonment as to time and tune but making melody unto the lord nevertheless oh it is good to hear these who six months ago were in darkness themselves singing gladly all my life i give thee day by day come what may all my life i give thee dying souls to save we have brought our bento with us and after separating to give invitations all round we meet in the large roomy house of the chief man in the village to partake thereof first we sit down on the floor in a circle then a large case placed in the middle is opened in it are layers of trays fitting into each other and each containing its own variety of fare upon dainty plates of curled palm leaf the helpings are arranged chopsticks and all complete i hear a kindly whisper of give her the very best and receive my share accordingly then we sing straight through all the choruses we have learned h san asks a blessing first on the bento and secondly on the meeting finally we begin valiantly i attack my huge rice bowl trying to make a hole of satisfactory dimensions in its cold and dense solidity and the condiments what are they made of or rather what are they not made of for they seem to be composed of a little bit of everything one ought to be saved above minding this sort of thing but it is a relief to have one's own food in the background 
At about eight o'clock the people begin to gather. Over and over again we sing the simplest of our gospel choruses, till shyly they try to join in and we know it is taking root. And then one of the older Christians speaks, and for the first time for most of them they hear of the God who made them and who loves them, and who sent his Son to die for them. Again we sing, and another speaks, and they sit and gaze. How much of it do they understand? How much can they possibly take in thus hearing it? Most are peasants, but even peasants in Japan seem a thinking race, and when the question is asked, are you ready for the next life, the unusual answer is given, we are not ready for this life. How then can we be ready for the next? Still, thoughtful or otherwise, it must indeed be bewilderingly strange. How little once hearing may mean I am beginning to find out, though it may mean more than we in our weak faith dare to believe. More, stupendously more, because after all we are dealing with supernatural things and have a supernatural promise and power and person behind us. Question and answer follow now, a sort of weeding time it is, for such conclusions as that our God must be a relation of the Mikados, by which they mean the opposite of the terrible irreverence it sounds, are shaping themselves in these darkened minds, and must be met and dispelled one by one. And then my turn comes. Very quietly they listen, and as we close with prayer, not a sound is heard, but the hushed amens of the Christians. By this time it is long past midnight, but nobody seems inclined to go. The children have fallen asleep on the mats or in their mother's arms, or upon their backs, and the elder ones press closer together, many crowding round the open paper walls and wide doorway. We cannot send them away, and the meeting begins again. It is so good to find oneself able to understand even a very little. It is as if the thick curtain which separates us from the people were being pinpricked here and there, and one were just beginning to see through. But only a very little yet. At last somebody remembers tomorrow will come, or has come, rather, for it is after one o'clock, and the day's work begins soon after sunrise. We say good night and pass out into the lantern-lit darkness. Our second picture is different. Three thoughtful, well-educated lads have come to talk about Christianity. They can speak a little English, and between it and my broken Japanese we can get on without an interpreter. At once they plunge into the subject. Bible having read, we think good book is, but minds cannot accept Jesus being God, and questions follow touching his divinity, the eternal existence of God, the Trinity, the inspiration of the Bible, and the future life. Upon this last point they remarked that there were very likely some people in the middle of Africa or China or India and other heathen countries who had not heard of the gospel. What punishment could they have? It was not their fault. It is an often asked question. Mercifully we have the answer, Christ's own unanswerable answer, he that knew not and did commit things worthy of stripes shall be beaten with few stripes and they are satisfied. But their perfectly calm way of skipping their own Japan in the list of heathen countries astonishes me. From the veranda we can see hundreds of houses. In each one idols are worshipped morning and evening. Eighty thousand dollars were willingly offered in the island of Kyushu alone to send its representative to Chicago last year that Buddhism might be worthily represented, and yet we are not heathen. Which reminds me that a friend kindly suggested the inadvisability of using that term, 
as it implied something akin to barbarism to the sensitive japanese mind being so new to everything one was puzzled people at home realized little enough the woefulness of these nations left in the dark without being further soothed to sleep by the use of mild phraseology and to most unchristian would mean little more than what they have in their own near neighbourhood and yet one would not willingly wound any so i consulted mr buxton's trusted referee upon matters japanese sure that if he knew of any such feeling he would tell me at once but he seemed to think it best to use the word that most forcibly emphasized the fact that this people were without christ having no hope and without god in the world sometimes it seems as though we whitewash black to such an extent that we almost begin to believe it is only a shade of light grey but i may be mistaken older and wiser differ whatever we call them the fact remains that here they are all around us people for whom christ died yet knowing just nothing about him to-day to-morrow and on all the to-morrows until this reaches you they will die like this die with a cry on their lips to the poor dead buddha who cannot save do you care how much do you care god so loved that he gave and now to return after an hour or so spent in proof giving as to the verities of our faith the conversation turns upon things terrestrial we hear there are churches in england called sects and they want to know all about them i tell them the old story of the sand pools in the ocean they see the point at once and exclaim ah they are all the same water only a little sand between and they listen with keenest attention to the grand true sequel how when the mighty tide comes rushing in it sweeps into itself all the little scattered sand pools their very existence lost in its magnificent fullness all one in christ jesus are the sects dear to each other the more we love the lord jesus the more we love all who love him irrespective quite of their particular sect do they ever join in one? Oh yes and i tell them of the incoming of the love tide in our own land even now they look at each other and say sotto voce that is good a few of the english testaments so kindly given to me just before i sailed are in hand still as i am writing their names in each one of them says simply it will be a seed will you not stop even now as you read this and pray an earnest amen picture number three is different again the great spring matsuri is going on and the air is full of the rich sound of the gong the tiring drum-beat and the hum of multitudinous voices it is night and we are going to the shinto temple on the hill with gospels tracts and leaflets it is a good chance to reach the many country folk who crowd in from the outlying villages and we must not let it slip at the foot of the stone staircase leading to the summit i leave my helpers whose presence in the strange scene at the top might be open to more misconstruction than mine and hardly noticed pass up with the throng the dark pine wood is hung with chains and rings and stars of radiance on either side are stalls and booths shining with pendant light globes the whole place is aglow with luminous colour and thousands dressed in their pretty best are flocking to see the sight about halfway up i find myself in the precincts of the priest's robing room there they are in a gorgeous deshabille of purple and crimson and blue scarves of gold and silver brocade trail about on the floor 
the finery is quite awe-inspiring or will be when it is on i thought of carlyle's sartor and wondered what he would have said three youthful acolytes evidently overcome by its resistless influence are down on their knees in a series of prolonged bows i offer my books through sheer astonishment at such audacity i verily believe they are accepted and before they have had time to recover from the shock i am gone then up and on to the top and at the top what a flash and clash of light and colour and sound a sacred dance is in progress a tiny child figure dressed in the most marvellous fashion postures slowly up and down to the measured beat of a drum within the curtained temple suffer the little children he said but she does not know it yet a few minutes and the dance is over i and my books are discovered the people press and push the young priest in charge of the drum leans over and asks for one little painted faces smile down pleadingly i fill the outstretched hands and they hide them in their sleeves before the old gentleman robed in flaming yellow and reposing in state at the far end of the shrine has discovered the position of affairs and arisen with dignity i am off again but it is not wise to linger longer in a few minutes see me rejoining the others below rejoicing that we were able even a very very little to buy up the opportunity out of the hand of the evil one all the way home we were stoned more or less and jesus sign of the red cross was shouted after us honours of which we were unworthy and now you will pray for us will you not pray that he may so clearly go before that we may follow after fearing no evil knowing his voice obeying it only pray that spirit soul and body may be strong to do his will and pray for the bread thus cast upon the waters cast in such weakness that one wonders sometimes how it can ever do any good at all ever bear one little bit of fruit to his glory we can only leave it all to his patience and forgiveness and trust him to perfect that which concerneth both it and us it is may now this letter begun last month has been delayed i had just written the last few lines when the christians of our village for we are here again came to go with us to another of the many unreached hamlets surrounding us and as we walked along the narrow path among the low-lying paddy fields for the first time i saw bread being literally cast upon the waters it came with such a message of strength and comfort that i could not help stopping and passing it on to the others to whom in this fresh and beautiful connection it was as new as it is to me there was nothing of importance in the sower he walked up and down the flooded field throwing his seed upon the water and it was muddy and uninteresting enough the seed was the worthful thing and we took courage then in us is nothing that is evident but in the life seed is everything with the power of god behind it and however improbable and impossible it looks he that goeth forth and weepeth bearing precious seed shall doubtless return again with rejoicing bringing his sheaves with him cast thy bread upon the waters for thou shalt find it after many days yonago may eleventh m san and i have come here according to mr buxton's arrangement to be with lizzie who would otherwise be alone dear mary is much missed the christians loved her so we have been having a happy time making friends with new sisters and brothers in christ 
among them are some of the cultured upper-class ladies and some bright earnest lads as out and out for their new master as they used to be for their old full salvation is a glorious truth not only forgiveness but cleansing cleansed and the cleanser abiding and even more there is for us praise him thine the mighty ordination of the pierced hands yesterday we went to the lake island to which florence and Isan go fortnightly we took a number of gospels and giving one to each group upon the little steamer set the best reader thereof to read aloud to the others this satisfied all concerned and enabled us to keep the bulk of our stock for the islanders when we landed a crowd gathered at once we found our way to a hut they called a hotel had a cup of tea and a sumptuous lunch of bread and jam which the thoughtful lizzie had prepared and we were feasted upon by eyes male and female old young and middle-aged we had our first meeting then and they listened quietly though we afterwards discovered they could not have understood much their dialect being different from m san's or even matsuya's simplest then we asked the way to the village where the matsuyites were to land they said it was hard to find and offered to guide us there and back the path wound in and out and round and through the loveliest cornfields the sun could wish to shine upon sometimes the barley rose above one's head on either side and the wheat was nearly as high soon it will colour and then think of the miles of glory sheen with its dark pine groves rising here and there set in the blue of the hill encircled lake we had to walk single file and m san tried under difficulties to explain something of our message to the old woman who guided us she told her how without her help we could not have found our way through the mazy cornfields and compared the village of our desires to the heavenly home drawing the parallel in simplest words as if for a little child but it was evident she understood little and to each question of m san's i could only hear a don't understand we passed a shinto temple as usual buried in splendid pine two giants guarding its entrance stone monsters too in attendance the gods live there said the old dame pointing to it there were little graveyards strewn about by the cornfield edges and in the woods and one knew as one passed them they were graves of those who had never heard and when we reached the village where the matsuya boat landed and found our way to the room florence always sleeps in the interested if not decided members of the community heard of our arrival and appeared with testaments tea and bows we bowed teed and devoted ourselves to the testaments had a miniature meeting with the three or four who had come then prayed one of them joining that soon they might in truth believe and their islet be one for king jesus the room where we were though poor and given to rats overlooked a bright little garden and was clean and fresh at night however the scene changes and those are best off according to florence whose olfactory nerves are least highly developed but this is part of life japanese and someone has styled the sunrise land as a country of sense and a sense to our disappointment we found we must leave at once as we had to return that night and the boat was due to start for yonago earlier than we expected this meant we could not wait to see florence and Isan. so we pinned up a text to tell the tale of the birds that had flown in and away and turned back by the way we had come over a hundred men and women children we never try to count had assembled to see us off and as the boat was late we had time for another meeting 
We had given away all our books, and many we knew would read them. It was all we could do, and we came away wishing we could have stayed. Such work as this, and of it we all have much, needs to be done in faith, for anything less likely to yield result cannot be imagined. Books given, will they be understood? Words spoken, will they be remembered? These Satan-bound people, will they ever believe at all? These minds, by his malice darkened so, are they even capable of serious belief? Yes, that is all true, and much more is true than we can know, and all this is against us. Nevertheless, at thy word, we will let down the net. And as for the great multitude of fishes, Lord, we believe. Help thou our unbelief. The Christians here seem very earnest. At the weekly prayer meeting, the older boys arrange to come not once a week, but every day, for Bible readings on the tabernacle. Today we studied the veil, the veil, that is to say, his flesh. It is a pleasure to work with such minds. They are not satisfied with just pretty texts. They want to know their Bibles. It is late and I am writing whilst waiting for Lizzie, who is out at a meeting. She will be very tired, I fear. These meetings, beginning perhaps at nine o'clock or later, are delightful to the spirit, but a weariness to the flesh. But we cannot help it now that the busy season is on. It is either that or nothing, an alternative out of the question. A few nights ago, the people, poor farming folk, were so long in coming that I began to think we were meant to have a prayer meeting for the district instead of a preaching. But the Christians who were with us said, Oh no, it is not late yet, 9.30 p.m. At their honorable convenience they will come. So we went on waiting. Finally they did come and we had a lovely time. Sometimes we hear such gladdening little things. Just lately an inquirer told our Japanese pastor that he had been drawn to the doctrine through noticing the kindness the Christians showed to each other. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love one to another. Pray that this unfeigned, outshining love may abound all through the great missionary army, the native church included. Sometimes it seems as if the fair love mantle were encompassed by spirits of darkness, eager to touch with grimy finger its spotless purity, and only the closer coming presence of the master can keep them off. Perhaps boys and girls may chance to read this. Here then is something they will like, at least I did very much. These queer old Japanese drawings are to be had in quaint old curio shops, such as we have here. An ancient gentleman with shiny pate and long pipe lent me these to copy for you, for the comic touch tickled me immensely. They look more interesting in that little matted room at the back of the curio shop, lying among old brocades and rough sketches and all sorts of odds and ends than they do in bare black and white in a letter. Still, they may do their work by telling how many a year ago, when they were first painted, in pale blues and browns, these strange men and women were just as we are now, even down to enjoying a little fun. So don't let us imagine the heathen are dried-up, unreal, unsatisfactory beings, but real people with real minds which can think and laugh, and real hearts which can joy and sorrow, real men and women and children to be loved and won for king jesus there are many things in which we need your prayers more than we can tell you today i heard of a young fellow who is hesitating between god and baal he wants some religion but is not determined which to take he is wishful to live with some missionary to watch his doings and then with some buddhist priest to watch his doings and if that missionary's doings are preferable to that of priests he will take christianity 
and if not, he will take Buddhism. Does not this give a deep glimpse into the terrible possibility open to us? We may so easily wound a weak conscience and sin against Christ. One would thankfully choose the millstone and the toss into the sea rather than that. Sometimes Faust's lines spin themselves into fears for me. Tis thus at the roaring loom of time I ply, and weave for God the garment thou seest him by. Solemn, is it not? We are weaving for God the garment, the only garment they may ever see him by. Will you not ask that we may be saved forever by word or look or gesture, pushing a soul back into the dark? End of chapter 18. Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine.